geez, trash cans are melting in Arizona. Welcome to Jared Gray Talks to Humans. We are changing the format up a little bit this time around. Long-time listeners will know that we have a certain format for this show. Um, it got changed a little bit this time around due to technical difficulties, the technical difficulties being uh, the recording stopped. So I had a lovely conversation with the guest, uh, Kate Kernut, for about 25 minutes that all is gone, which is unfortunate. She was incredibly gracious uh, to take some extra time and redo some of the thoughts we talked about and stay a little longer. So I'm very thankful for that. I had a great conversation. We ended up nerding out about photography for a long time, but we're missing out on some of the usual format. But again, Kate was a fantastic guest, and this was the conversation that we ended up having after all the technical difficulties. Okay, we are on Jared Great Talks to Humans. The guest is Kate. She can be found at katenoel.com, two L's and an E. What else can I recap? You were a lifeguard with me. You are a photographer. Mm -hmm. You watched Girl Meets World. Yes. Um, and that show's interesting because it still has Corey Matthews and Topanga on it. Mm -hmm. um, you read a book called Essentialism. Mm -hmm. where you get we figure out the things that are essential in your life, but you're in the process of getting rid of FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a process. Um, you're a spirit animal. Oh, man, I forget that one. What was it? A phoenix. A phoenix, that's right, because we're rebirthing, getting rid of FOMO. We're recapping because it wasn't recording. I wasn't recording a whole podcast. We had such a lovely conversation for an extended period of time now. Yeah. And it's gone. So we're just recapping for you. All three of my listeners need to know. <laughs> um, in a perfect world, you would wake up at 930 because you're a, you're a late night person. I am a late night And you would work person. late. Mm -hmm. We talked about compliments and when compliments go too far and creepy people who go to pools. Also... What I didn't talk about, I thought of, is like the pool sort of attracts creepy people. Yes. When like, there's a lot of like children without parents there. And clothes because mm -hmm. they're at a pool. Mm -hmm. And it sort of does attract that. We were yeah. sort of always on the lookout for that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was so weird. And also just strange children. <laughs> yeah, strange children too, <laughs> for sure. Um, a kid I taught swim lessons <laughs> to when she was like six mm -hmm. is on like water polo team now. Okay. And I remembered her because of her name. It's like so, it's such an interesting name. Yeah. Um, and that was weird because that was like a dozen years swim, ago. And now yeah. I'm yelling at you to swim faster. Yeah, yeah. You weren't, <laughs> you weren't listening the first time. Um, we talked about whether or not your politicians listen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and the conclusion was... We're not sure, but we think it helps if you have more money. Yes. That's probably true. Um, and then we talked about social media and its use as a business tool for you. Mm -hmm. And it's very valuable. Yeah. Incredibly valuable. So I guess the benefit of um, the podcast timing out is now we can just talk about all your questions. Oh, I do have a lot. And then I have questions for you too. Okay, good. Okay, good. Um, okay, so then we found out that you are a Spice Girls fan and a Yellow Card fan, and then I somehow <laughs> picked those I out. Or that I just know those lyrics Yeah, really those well. are very famous songs, in, in <laughs> yeah, fairness. Yeah. Um, we talked about how I like using turn signals because it makes me feel psychic. These are things I like or I don't like. Mm -hmm. uh, like when people don't use it. Yeah. We were just talking about... And I about, guessed that correctly. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. We talked about Black Friday. Mm -hmm. And you were saying 
that you like to go people watch. Yeah. And you hadn't said whether you like it or not yet. So that's right. Um, what did, did you think I like it? You said you thought I like it. Yeah. Okay. So um, I really like it because like everything shuts down for a day. Mm-hmm. And I do sort of like that. Like I like to go to a movie on Christmas Day mm-hmm. because it's like, it's, it's like the whole world's deserted. Yeah. And so I do sort of enjoy that. Um, I don't like going to places because like a giant crowd of people is already not my favorite thing. And like a giant pow- crowd of like very intense people because so you'd of probably that. be like going out a lot of places during an apocalypse because nobody would be there. Um, I would enjoy the piece of that. Yes, I would like so that. Does that mean that you would like apocalypses? Oh, that's a good question. If you would like the result of it, would I enjoy the apocalypse? No, no. I do like the like institutions of okay. the internet and TV. Social I don't want to go about those. Okay. Yeah, I still want that. Okay. Um, okay. And then this is very topical. The last one of things I like or I don't like summer heat. I feel like you do not like it. Do you like it? I don't like it when I have to be out in it. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Um, I I don't really like it in like the heat of the day. I do like it like at nighttime mm-hmm. when it's night, but it's still like 80 degrees out. Mm-hmm. I, re- I like that. I just wish it didn't go up to 100 in the middle of the day. Yeah. Like if it just stayed at 80, it'd be perfect. Okay. Enough of that. We got through a lot. It should have only taken us five minutes the first time. Um, okay, so do I have. You, do you like your Apple Watch? I do like my Apple Watch. Um, I only end up using it really for like exercise. Mm-hmm. I almost I've gotten rid of almost all the other apps uh, except for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I don't really even use it for notifications. Okay. Really. Um, so like it ends up being just like an expensive watch. Yeah. But that's okay. Like people spend yeah. money on watches, mm-hmm. um, but I do wear it all the time. I have like I have like a legit like tan line, like it is like white underneath oh, yeah. the watch Me because too. it's been summer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you like yours? I do like mine. Do you ever do the like watch things where you like send your heartbeat or like write in it? Remember every that? once in a while, like when I'm traveling or something. Yeah. And Chris feels creative. Yes. He'll send me things like that. On oh, the watch. that's a good idea. Um, but not like daily. Yes. Yes. Um, do you yeah. use it for anything specific? Well, yeah. So um, something I started doing this year is, uh, and it's a lot of busy work in the beginning, but um, for wedding days, when you have like a complex itinerary of the day, mm-hmm. I input all the different um, itemized things that we're doing in the times, uh, as well as like notes into an iCalendar, mm-hmm. a shared one, like iCloud calendar. Yes. And then I share it with whoever's shooting with me. So if it's Chris or another shooter and they have an Apple Watch, that that's so then uh, like on the day of I have like what's coming up next and then it alerts me five minutes or so before the next item. To, so to either way, go to that place or yeah. get that started. Right. Get so set up, change I'm, your lens, I'm whatever. Shooting it is. and my phone is somewhere, you know, in my bag or yes. whatever. But um, my my watch taps me and says, "Oh, it's it's time to do this. So we uh, gotta like wrap this up." Oh yeah, that probably is helpful. So it's super helpful. And then uh, if people are trying to get a hold of me on the wedding day, like a coordinator yes. or any other vendors, they can text me or call me, and I'll get it rather than not feeling the vibration of my phone in my bag or leaving yes. it somewhere or whatever. So do you find that you, you do you use it as any like watch specific functions or do you feel that it's just still like a little bit of an extension of your phone? Uh, well, it's an extension. I've set it up to be an extension of me. So I yeah. do have um, like weather and sunset times on like uh-huh. the corners of my watch. Yes. 
um, because I'm, I feel like I live and die by sunsets. Those are the shooting times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I never know what date it is. So before I would have to find my phone. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel like as a teacher, you probably know it because you put it on the board every morning. Yes, that is true. So you have a little bit more of like a sense of where we are in the calendar. I still don't use that. It's, it is, that is an odd thing, though, because I do put it on the board every mm-hmm. morning. And I like write it. Like I write out the schedule yeah. every day. So I have already written it every day and mm-hmm. I still forget it. Yeah. I still check my watch more than anything else. Yeah, so I have I have that. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I do use it a lot for exercise. Uh, yeah. And then when I'm traveling, it's really nice to like walk through TSA pre and then just pull up my mobile boarding pass uh, on my watch and just put my wrist on the thing, hand them my ID, and then walk through. Yes. So I don't have to like find my phone or put my yes. phone on like keep track of the paper or whatever it is. People touched and like yeah. <laughs> people have touched. Starbucks. Um, yeah. Going to Starbucks yeah, is nice. True. Yeah. Do you use it for payments? Um, I I don't use it for like credit card like Apple Pay. I don't yes. use that. But um, I use it for Starbucks and yeah, it is like very convenient. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you could get everything on that, it is very helpful. Because yeah. I have my bank has it for a credit card, but not for like debit card. Mm-hmm. So I end up never using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the few times I have, I was like, oh, this is like very convenient and mm-hmm. fast. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Apple. Send us some stuff. Um, it also okay. sends me news. So. Oh yeah, I do get some like news updates. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, okay, so I want to talk a lot about being a business owner. Okay. I have so many questions. <laughs> um, how how long have you been doing this now? Nine years. Nine in years. August. You started in anniversaries in August. Two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And um, what is it? What is it now <laughs> compared to August two thousand eight? What do you mean? Like, what is it? What is your photography business look like now compared to what is the growth? Of Kate Noel. Oh, there's so many ways to calculate that. But like, do you mean, well, more specific? Um, what, like you personally, like the things that you do, mm-hmm. how has that grown? Like from your, when you were like, this is, I'm going to be a photographer. That's what I'm going to do. And mm-hmm. you're like, it's August 2008. I'm going to be a photographer. Mm-hmm. And like, how, how is that? How, how is now matched what you thought it was going to be back then? Well, I had no idea what it was going to be like back then. Uh, I was just pursuing this thing that didn't quite feel attainable, Mm -hmm. but I was doing it anyway. So I was, it was a lot more research then. Like I still am learning things now and I'm still reading um, articles and meeting people, shooting with them. But uh, I think back then it was more, what is a DNS server? Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Um, what is a tax ID? Yes. And so that's something I wanted to ask you about is, like, <coughs> if you are a photographer by trade, mm-hmm. actual photography only, it, it like, is, like, the small percentage of your time. Yeah. Like, the actual thing you got in, like, you were like, I want to make a business out of this because I want to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you are, I wrote down some other things that you probably are. Accountant. Mm-hmm. Like manager, mm-hmm. scheduler, mm-hmm. web designer, mm-hmm. social media coordinator, mm-hmm. human resources, yep. marketing, mm-hmm. like you are all those things. Yeah. Were you all those things at the beginning? Like, did you know, like, did you know what you were signing yourself up for? A little bit. Uh-huh. Um, but I think as things grew more job, like the job descriptions filled themselves out. Yes. So like in the beginning it was like, okay, I need, I know I need to do certain things. Um, based on like being a manager at the pool or 
uh, working at a coffee shop or like, so I knew certain things had to get done, but um, <clears throat> I think more things were added to the list of duties. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I have no doubt about that. Um, do you think, do you think at this point, like, I'm sure you would say you're a photographer by trade, but do you think you are more of a photographer by, like, or are you a business owner, entrepreneur? Because I'm sure you have skills suddenly, like you were a photographer, that's why you are that thing. But all of a sudden now, like if you started a different business unrelated to photography, you have all those same skills that you could just apply. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess uh, in terms of the percentage of things that I do, uh, I guess I would be more categorized as a business owner. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, the goal is always to do more photo taking and less of the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, in nine years from now, you've been doing it for almost nine years. Mm-hmm. Is it going to look the same? Probably not. Uh-huh. I mean, technology changes so fast. Uh, and, like, photography hasn't changed too much in nine years. Like, it's still changed. But, I mean, more recently, uh, I think it was Apple released a new file type. Yeah. That There's can be, more like... More compression. Yeah. Images, yeah. video, audio, like, all sorts of things. So that might change the way that images are taken or delivered mm-hmm. in the future, but I'm not quite sure what that will look like yet. Uh, but just things like that, like little tick marks on the evolution scale of... But ultimately, that, like, you going to a wedding looks very similar than it did nine years ago. Yeah. Trends come and go, so those things look different, mm-hmm. but uh, people still really like a mix of photojournalism and classic portraiture. Uh-huh. Um, do you feel like, was there a time along the line when you started mm-hmm. that you were like, up, oh, like, I get it. Like, it took, like, at some point you were like, oh, like, I actually know what I'm doing now? Or, or you, have you reached that point at all? Well, I think I, I more attribute it to the, the time when I stopped losing sleep the night before a wedding. Oh, okay. So for a very long time, I just wouldn't sleep before I had yeah. to shoot a wedding because I had adrenaline pumping and like things. So many things to think about. Yeah, because it's, yes. it's, it's never the same. Like you can plan as much as you want and it never happens the way that you plan it. Mm-hmm. And that from like the unknown was so stressful for me in the beginning. Uh, I, I loved the shooting part, but just the unknown part was really stressful. So I think it took a while for me to relax into the unknowns of that and come to expect like okay there's going to be a certain amount of deviance from the plan (laughs) and I'm okay with it I'm prepared enough for any lighting situation to deal with whatever happens Mm -hmm. I don't really remember at what point that happened but there was a switch yeah but it wasn't it was never like oh I have everything I got it I'm the best yeah yeah (laughs) Uh yeah. um do you feel like um do you feel like that sort of like adrenaline that made you not sleep? Was it because you were so excited or because you felt like the weight of like you're taking photos for someone's wedding that they'll be looking out for theoretically an incredibly long time? All of all of that. Yeah. I just like to be prepared. And yeah. I, um, I'm the personality type that likes to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So not being able to control any like anything on a wedding day. Mm-hmm made me really nervous about not being able to be perfect and not being prepared enough. Like I, I don't ever want to be unprepared. Yeah. So just like, just my personality type. Yeah. That's so interesting. But weddings as like a wedding photographer, that's so interesting because there are certain jobs that are like more high stakes 
than others, like just by the nature of it. Mm -hmm. So like for instance, if you're an accountant and you work on someone's project for a long time, each thing you do is like not very high stakes. But if you're at a wedding where the total amount of time is like two hours and you, you probably, I bet you have a checklist in your mind about all the things you want to get, like they probably give you a checklist. Um, and so you have all these things you have to do in this amount of time. It's like very pressure packed for that time. Yeah. But yeah. is it, is it easier now? Some parts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really lose sleep anymore, which is nice. And it doesn't mean that I don't care as much as I did because I do. I just, I've become more okay with the unknowns of a wedding day. Well, I'm sure that happens over just because you've done, you've seen, like at some point you were like, there's less things that surprise you. Yes. Yes. And then also I just know, okay, I've done everything I can to prepare and plan and set expectations and... Uh, so now, you know, whatever happens, like I did my part to be prepared and then I'll just roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. So I have to, if I have to pull out lights, I'll do that. If I have to figure out shade in a non-shady area, like I'll figure that out. Um, do you have, I don't need an example of this, but do you have, I'm sure you do. Do you have difficult clients? Um, like, do you have a range? Do you find <laughs> that most people are generally the same or like occasionally they're just people like way out occasionally i'll have Mm -hmm. way out complications yeah but overall uh i think i put enough of myself and my personality out there that it attracts a certain type of person which is really low-key and not dramatic meaning like (laughs) meaning like if they were that type of person that was dramatic and difficult they're probably not going to hire you as a photographer probably yeah probably right got it every once in a while like things you know make it through but um okay Uh, more questions yeah because you are a photographer Mm -hmm. and because you started in 2008 things some things have changed since 2008 and specifically it's like smartphones Mm -hmm. having cameras like everyone is a photographer Mm -hmm. Um, and i wonder what a photographer thinks about that Mm -hmm. and that how like everyone sort of thinks of themselves as a photographer Mm -hmm. and what that means I, i don't think this is true of every job like you know one person might say they're a teacher Mm -hmm. and another person might say they're a teacher and you're not going to see a a huge amount of variation like everyone sort of agrees like sort of what a teacher is but over this nine years like photographer has had this like now is like a super widespread term to deter like you know describe anyone who has a camera Mm -hmm. and I wonder what a photographer feels about that yeah so I think on a wedding day in particular, there's two kinds of people who are taking pictures that are not the photographer. There's the type, there's the people who uh, want to feel involved and want to feel like they have a sense of presence, mm-hmm. whatever happens, because they know it's an important day. It's somebody that's important to them that's getting married. So they want to feel involved. They have stuff invested in the day, so they take pictures of it. Yep. Who knows what they do with the pictures after? I don't really mm-hmm. know. Yeah, that's a whole other question. But they're taking yeah. pictures the whole day of everything. Yes. Um, and then there's the other type of person who um, has a hard time feeling or dealing with whatever feelings are coming up on that wedding day. Hmm. So it might be like family dissension or oh. um, <clears throat> maybe they're a groomsman or a friend who still hasn't found somebody and feels really self-conscious about it or so like you either use it to connect and be ultra present and feel like you're involved or you use it as like a 
a way to get through the day and uh, distract yourself a little bit. Oh, fascinating. So th- those are the people that I've just observed. Yes. Um, most of the people are the ones who just want to feel like they're invested in a part of everything. Yes. Uh, you know, because you don't usually get to talk a lot with the bride and groom on a wedding day or the family because they're all caught up in all, all the things that have to be. Yes. Yeah. So the guests are kind of left to have a good time. Mm-hmm. So as far as that's concerned, that's why I think a lot yeah. of people take pictures on a wedding day. But as in the general public, like it's we're moving into an image driven era. Uh-huh. Uh, so perception is everything. So if you give the perception that you're artsy or you're technically savvy or whatever it is, like it comes with the territory, I think. Yeah. And then also it's fun. Like it's always been a hobby for a lot of people. Right. People have always been into photography. Uh, so maybe just that it's on smartphones now it makes it like more approachable to more people. Yeah, and I think it's people's way of staying present in their lives in kind of an offbeat way. Like, it may actually be a detriment, but it feels like, you know, if I'm taking pictures of what's happening in my life every day, I'm leaving a legacy. Mm-hmm. I'm making a mark. I'm doing something important. I'm not just floating around and trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life. I'm doing something with my life. I'm taking pictures of my donut. I'm making that, yeah, making that, whatever that moment is, last yeah. longer than that moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. Hmm. Okay. Um, you have, at this point, I'm sure, an enormous like back catalog of photos. Mm-hmm. What do you do with those? Uh, I have terabytes and terabytes and terabytes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you just keep organized. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you as uh, from taking photos at this point, because mm-hmm. I have similar things like that, is that um, my level of organization has gone up tremendously when mm-hmm. you suddenly have to organize thousands and thousands of things. Yeah. Like it just sort of forces you to do that. That's so interesting. Okay. So tell me your cataloging system. Um, I do by the year. Okay. And then like categories underneath. Okay. So for instance, like I have uh, like water polo, I take a lot of water polo photos. Mm-hmm. And then like that sort of gets divided depending on um, like if I'm taking photos for like USA water polo. Mm-hmm as opposed to like some of the other little events that go around. Um, and then I'll have like a school category mm-hmm. and then that gets like broken up underneath. Um, but the school one is by class year, not by like, okay. the, so it's like, the, and I keep them on different uh, hard drives. Gotcha. Uh, because of that. Um, so I end up using like my laptop a lot of times for like school photos mm-hmm. and my like iMac at home mm-hmm. for like all the other ones. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's normally like just like uh, year and then big categories and then like more refined categories but I what the thing I wish now is that as I go I didn't keep like another one of like the best photos or like my favorite photos like I end up having to go back and look sometimes Mm -hmm. and I need to be better about like I know these are really good photos and I'm going to put them here yeah for later okay what do you do so I'm I'm totally like a nerd and I love hearing people's categorizations, mm-hmm. categorization systems Me too. It's and fascinating. Yeah. seeing people's spreadsheets and mm-hmm. like, I don't know why I just really love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the nerd in me, but, um, yeah, so I, I have, since I, I don't have just like three clients, so yes. like I don't have like water polo yes. work and you know, so I, I have it categorized like ultimately by year, but then, um, each shoot is categorized um, year, month, date, and then the uh-huh. name of the client. Mm-hmm. So it categor- it 
auto-populates into like the order of which it was shot that year. Yes. But then also it has the name next to it. Yes. Um, and then within each file, like client file, I have like an originals folder, the ones yeah. that are selected. I do that too. The edited yeah. ones, blog, print, everything. Oh. So that, um, and then any miscellaneous documents. So if I have like a um, like an itinerary or uh, permits or anything like yes. that, it's all filed there. And then I have a separate studio management system that uh, keeps track of like contact information and then contracts and invoices. Yes. That's the business person that you have to be constantly. Yeah, yeah that organization thing, I think I think that that single skill is something mm -hmm. that separates like uh, not successful people, but like if you, if you want to be a business owner, like by yourself, mm -hmm. if you don't have that skill, you're out. Like if you, if you can't have like a certain like level of organization, it's just not going to work for you. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of photographers who are way more artists than they are business owner. Yeah. Uh, and they, they do it their own special way. Uh, but I prefer <laughs> spreadsheets. It must be and so much more efficient. To I do just, it that I way. feel like I sleep better because I yes. know where things are and yes. like come tax season, I feel like it's a lot less of a headache and it's a lot less expensive because I've kept spreadsheets and I, I categorize receipts and yep. all of that. So my, my accountant's like, you're my favorite. I'm sure. Cause yeah. it comes all done. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I know a lot of people that just hand like bags and bags of receipts to their accountant yes. and then their accountant like sweats and is like, Oh my God, why am I doing this? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Why did I choose this job? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And then last question about photos, okay. maybe there might be more. Um, do you have like favorite photos? I do. That is like a, like a small category. Like you think you think back and you go, these small ones, these like five or 10 or 20 mm -hmm. are like my favorite photos I've ever taken. Yeah, I think I have different categories of favorites. Right. Because not all my favorites are the ones I should put in my portfolio. Yeah, I was going to say, do you find that your favorite ones are the best photos you've taken? Not always. Yeah, I feel that too. Yeah. It's so weird. like there are some that are just sentimental uh -huh. that like these clients meant a lot or like this moment was like really awesome, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna be in the portfolio. Yes. There are some that are in the portfolio that I'm just like, oh my God, nailed it. Like yep. this is awesome. Uh, but I think a lot of my favorite ones are are ones that uh, maybe even like the clients wouldn't call their favorite photo from the whole uh -huh. day. Uh -huh. uh, but it, it, it has a certain sense of place and time and feeling uh -huh. um, more, I guess, like capturing something that happened like under the radar or under the surface of what was like obvious to yeah. what was happening. Yeah. I'm sure it's different for you two as a wedding photographer doing all the weddings. There are probably things like one of your favorite photos might be something that like you didn't expect. Mm -hmm. So like where the client might be like, I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> like that's, I don't want that. But you might be like, no, this was so cool. Cause I didn't know this was coming and I've done a million weddings. Mm -hmm. How many weddings have you oh, photographed? People ask me that and I should probably count yeah. to have a number, but uh, a couple hundred at least. Wow. What an interesting perspective on like, you have, you have such a different perspective on like that day. Like everyone, everyone has an idea about like what a wedding is, mm -hmm. but like someone who is behind the scenes all the time of it, you must have a very different perspective. I do. Weddings. And it comes with like benefits, but then also there's pitfalls because I think it's important to keep like a beginner's mentality. 
Oh, okay. And a beginner's eye on what's happening rather than just saying like, oh, I know what's going to happen and I don't think it's important anymore because it is that person's first day getting married. Yes. And it is. First day. It has, it has one of, so, so, of first, several potentially. Hopefully the only one. But <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Like yes. they just, they're seeing everything on with fresh eyes and there's a lot more that is important to them than what might be important to somebody who's mm. seen hundreds and hundreds of weddings. Mm. So like when you've seen like, you know, the latest color palette trend was like pinks and blushes and gold and cream. So like after the 50th wedding of that same color palette, <laughs> yes. you're like, I don't find this inspiring anymore. Mm-hmm. So the, the challenge is to keep seeing things with fresh eyes so that mm. your clients can, you know, enjoy that, like enjoy never having a wedding before, but this is something they're super proud of and excited about. So finding things to be excited about that you anticipate your clients are excited about. Um, did you originally get into this to shoot weddings? That was what you thought? Yes. Um, what is the thing you like shooting other than weddings now? Because you do other stuff too. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really have enjoyed shooting lifestyle family stuff mm-hmm. after the fact. So a lot of my repeat clients start as wedding clients. Yes. And then they come back when they get pregnant, mm-hmm. have babies, mm-hmm. have a family. Yes. Uh, That's and, smart. Nicely done. Well, it's just fun. And, <laughs> yeah. But like both of these things, both wedding photography and families, they're kind of polarizing for a photographer. So you either love or you hate weddings. Oh, okay. There's not really an in-between. Because if you were sort of lukewarm, that's probably not... Because it's like a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And it's a lot of people to manage. Yes. So it's a lot of things that a lot of people don't like. Yeah, I get that. Um, And then in addition, families are kind of polarizing because some people don't want to photograph children. Uh Uh-huh. And photographing families and learning how to like engage with families. Yeah is not usually something that wedding photographers like. Because they don't have to do that at a wedding. Right, so typically what you see is like wedding photographers who are moms Uh also do families. Yes, Um, because they're comfortable in that. Yeah, because they have kids and, um, but I mean, I don't have kids and, but I just, I love. All those years of swim lessons help out for that. Kind of, but not really. Oh, really, because it's just different. I I think more working at camp. Oh yeah, that would do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause that, that is, you're right. There's the whole skill about that is it's not just taking a photo of them. It's like setting them up for the photo. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Jeez. Um, okay. Fascinating. <laughs> I had like eight more questions. I'm going to try to remember them. Um, let's just stop for a second. I have okay. some trivia questions Ooh, for you. Okay. okay. Trivia. Um, I tried to make them as random as possible. Uh, okay. So number one, how many strikes does it take to bowl a perfect 300? Well, I'm going to say five. Um, it's 12. So, so there's 10 frames. I obviously know a lot about bowling. Yes, yeah, so there's 10 frames. Uh-huh. And in the last frame, you get like two extra shots if you that's get a strike. That's a lot of strikes. That's a lot of strikes in a row. I'm that's stoked why, if I get one. Right. That's why, and you have to get 12 in a row, not 12, 12 in a row. That's why people, that's why it's like a big deal. You get like, they like take a picture of you and they put it on the wall. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next one. What does the Roman numeral D stand for? D as in dog. Mm. What's like I is one. Right. V is. Uh, maybe like a 10,000. 500. 
Mm -hmm. That was a hard one. That was a hard yeah. one to do that one. Um, M is 1,000. C is 100. There are other ones. Oh, L. Do you know L? No. 50. 50. Isn't that weird? All right. Uh, next one. For the record, I got both of your music trivia questions correct. That's true. I know. We so I, I may didn't be striking that. out yeah. for this. But. <laughs> you, are right. you are right. I'll make a note of that. I'll yeah. make sure that that's on there. <laughs> um, which planet in our solar system has the most moons? I did not know this. I, I, I would have guessed wrong. Saturn? Oh, winner. Nicely done. Yeah. Bonus question. How many moons? Mm. Just it, throw out any number. I feel like I used to know this. Uh, I'm going to say just below 100. 53. That's pretty good, though. It's a lot. Yeah. 53, and that it's like not included. All the rings are made up of rocks and doesn't include all those. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, 53. That's and crazy. And diamonds, too, right? Yeah, and diamonds, too. Yeah, <laughs> we just go pick them out of there. Yeah. No worries. Um, yeah, that's all the questions I have for you. I think I have more questions, but those are all the ones I wrote down. All right. Well, then question for you. Okay. Ready. So you taught swim lessons. Yes. And you lifeguarded. Coach. And you were a Boy Scout. Eagle Scout. If I remember. Eagle Scout. Eagle Scout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't remember where you went to college, but what went into your decision to be a teacher, an elementary school teacher to be specific? Yeah, um, I never wanted to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. I specifically did not want to be a teacher okay. um, because my mom's a teacher. Yeah. And I saw that teachers work incredibly hard mm -hmm. and get paid not a lot of money. Right. Like in comparison, you know, in comparison. Um, but like I taught some lessons and like loved it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, right after high school, I coached and in high school I was coaching um, and like and that's like sort of teaching. Mm -hmm. And then that like just never stopped. Mm -hmm. like I, then I taught some lessons in college uh, in Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, and then Penn State? Uh, Bucknell. Okay. Which is like a little school, like about an hour away from Penn State. Okay. Um, I had a class with five people my freshman year. Wow. So good. Um, anyway, so like... Yeah, I just sort of never stopped. And then I came back and like kept coaching. And then the market crashed the year mm -hmm. we graduated. Mm -hmm. uh, so I like had a job and quit that summer because I didn't like it. And then mm -hmm. the market crashed and there suddenly like were no jobs. Mm -hmm. So I like stacked up like a bunch of jobs over okay. like a few years. So I had like five jobs and they were all like with kids, like teaching, coaching, doing something like that. And that wasn't like, I wasn't really by choice. Mm -hmm. It was just what was available and what like, I already knew. Um, and then, so like, then I, I got a job at a school mm -hmm. and the first day they were like, we're going to put you in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. Uh, and the teacher was like, um, we're making kites today. <laughs> and so you're going to, you're going to cut out some kites uh -huh. and would you mind going out and running around with all the kids? And I was like, you want me to run around with five-year-olds? Like, this is the job. I was like, oh, this is pretty fun. <laughs> and like, that sort of, okay. that was like the end of, of like my, like railing against teaching. Um, and then sort of, yeah, I just, I just like kept doing that. And then I was like teaching at computer lab and then I had to decide, do I want to do like computer lab or like be a teacher? And it's like so fun. You just play with kids all day long. Nice. So what do you love about teaching the elementary school kids versus what you love teaching in like coaching high school girls water polo? Um, I really like teaching high school is so interesting, especially as a coach, mm -hmm. because you're in this weird place. You're in this like weird place where you're not their parents, 
and you're not their teachers, mm -hmm. you fall into this like weird like middle category and you end up sort of in the long run, like being like life coach. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're like constantly, you know, part of the teenage years is like not listening to your parents. Right, right. Um, so I might be saying the same thing as their parents, but for whatever reason, sometimes it gets through easier with like a coach. Hmm. Um, just because of that age sometimes. Um, and you're not a teacher, you're not really like a science, like theoretically they chose the sport. Right. So they like have this sort of like shared passion mm -hmm. sometimes with you. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> not always. Yeah. Um, and then the other part is, is coaching like a team sport. You have to like go through all of these like life things. Mm -hmm. You have to go through like heartbreak and like, uh, like you have to work super hard and all these things that come up. Mm -hmm. And so I like that, uh, you get to just be a part of that. Yeah. It's just like they're super energetic and into it. Um, and coaching girls is very interesting also. Mm -hmm. It's really different than coaching boys. But I think that uh, particularly, I think coaching like girls sports is important. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's like, you know, if you go to like a girls game, not, there's not like the same crowd as a boys game. Mm -hmm. And there's all sorts of things involved with that. And so I think having people who really care about it and like give it that attention mm -hmm. is really important because there's always a million like boys coaches and boys involvement. And I think that you sort of have, you have to have people who are going to do that for the girls also because yeah. it's not the focus. Right. And like they deserve it just the same as the boys. That's awesome. Yeah. So wait, um, so do you have a story that's kind of like poignant in your mind about like you realizing like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be, and I feel, like, completely fulfilled. Um, it was the, the kite thing with kindergarten yeah. was, like, or I was, like, oh, like, this is really fun. That was, like, for sure, like, a shift in my brain. Um, and then when I started teaching, um, I was, like, you do student teaching, mm -hmm. and I, well, you're not the, like, official teacher, but I did a project uh, where we like got all this information from all the students mm -hmm. about where they were born. And like my class, for whatever reason, it was second graders, were just like from all over the place. Like we had out of 30 kids, there was like 19 born in other countries. And so we like made this like whole map for the class and like we put it like online and stuff. And the kids were like, so just like blown away by it. Like you could, you could sort of see it. Mm -hmm. And that's like my favorite thing still is like every time you're with like, especially the younger kids, like, you tell them things that no one's ever told them before. Like yeah. they literally, like you get to see their brains like, like yeah. uh, every day that happens. Light bulbs. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's like the most amazing thing. Mm -hmm. um, so like that was, it's like, there's like little moments like that that have happened in the mm -hmm. last few years. Like as you've been teaching, sort of keep you hooked. But like, can you pinpoint one that specifically touched your heart? Hmm. Um, there's always, there's always like one kid a year Mm -hmm. So this year, I'm trying to think I had one as a student teacher. What was that kid? Um, it's usually the kids who are like, like the worst at school. Mm -hmm. um, and they will like say things. Oh, I got a letter this year. Oh, okay. I got a letter this year from a okay. student who said uh, in the sixth grade, she was like, you like helped me figure out like that I could be confident in school and that I like liked school. Whoa. Yes. So, and like we, I usually get like at least one of those a year where like some kid for whatever reason mm -hmm. gets like, is super affected by your class. Mm -hmm. And I think sixth grade is a really cool one for that, that I teach because they're like, they're starting to like get into like music and like they're starting mm -hmm. to become like their adult personality. Right. 
Um, so that's when my first class was not this last year, but the year before. Mm-hmm. And those kids, like your first class, you get like really close to you. Like every teacher can like yeah. tell you about their first class. And so there was a kid who was not good at school, like always got bad grades. Mm-hmm. Um, and like if you, by the time you get to sixth grade and you've been in a school for seven years and you get told every year that you're like not good at school, I mean, you just get tired of it, I'm mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. And so it took a little time, but like by the end of the year, um, we had sort of connected about music. He like mm-hmm. got into guitars and I like, went and saw him like perform. Um, and he was like happy to come to school. And like mm-hmm. his parents were like, he's so happy to come to school. And like, how amazing is that? So it's like little moments like that that yeah. happen that you just go like, oh, like, oh, this is, you have this huge impact on someone's yeah. life times 30 a year, times 30 years. Did that give you just all the warm fuzzies? Yeah, it does. A thousand, like a thousand, you like really affect a thousand people. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's pretty amazing. So a teacher I know cries at the end of every school year. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that happen to you too? I get real close. Yeah. I get real, real close. I think I cried a little bit the first year, um, but it's tough at the end, especially, um, like in sixth grade, they go off to another school. So you don't get to see them anymore. Right. Like it literally goes from, you see these like 30 kids every single day and then like over, don't see them. So it's really like you're, like you're literally molding future leaders. We hope so. I mean, yeah. that's the goal. But like you're, you're instilling in them a love for learning and for uh, like self-discipline. Yeah. Um, all of the things that future leaders need. Well, and I think that we, like, you know, if you if you look online, when people say things about teachers, mm-hmm. it is about all the things we think of teachers as teaching, math mm-hmm. and reading and this and that. But you only, like, I spend more time on all the other stuff. Right. Um, like, how to be nice to people, how to, like, deal with conflicts. Mm-hmm. Like, those end up being more relevant skills. Like, they, they don't remember that, like... Um, King Ramses was like the longest serving pharaoh of Egypt. <laughs> like they just, they're not going to remember that right, and that's right. okay. Yeah. Um, but like they have to figure out how to deal with other people and how uh-huh. to like, uh, like, you know, responsibility and those things. And like that, that's something they take with them. Mm-hmm. Like I remember my sixth grade teacher, someone always remembers like they're like a different teachers. Like they just really take it with them for a long time, which is really cool. Yeah. That's so interesting. So I wonder, like, these, these kids who are trying to decide what they want to do with their lives, and, you know, I wonder if it's hard to get away from thinking, I'm going to be doing math in an accounting job, like, just straightforward, the topical, like, whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. I wonder if people think about, I want to be making a difference in the inter- in, in between spaces. Um, we have kids that do that in really? sixth grade, yeah, that already do that. We had a kid, we did these special projects called genius hour so like yeah, one hour a week mm-hmm. yeah so and they come up with amazing things a kid mm-hmm. like helped get like a well funded in a village in africa nice like she just did that and it's like on their own and they do really come up with amazing things the heart the, the teaching part becomes a bunch of kids aren't ready for that mm-hmm. their aids are just not there yet that's yeah. okay to you but like you know what can you get out of them or what can they, what can you help them find that they go like oh i can work like really hard at something and it pays off um, so yeah, that's like, that's always like a difficulty, but it's really fun to watch them. Nice. So that yeah. must be really nice to juxtapose all of this with all of the stuff that's coming out of the world right now. So all of the news and 
negativity and darkness that feel like the world's going to hell like you know yes. like I feel like a lot of people get really anxious about life because of all the things that are coming in but you know do you find that this is a good counterbalance to all of that well yes I do and also we live in a bubble which makes it a little more True. difficult as is there is a lot of that in the world but we get shielded from a lot of it mm -hmm. um, and so that's like a thing that a lot of teachers will bring in mm -hmm. is like you can bring in like not every kid has like a laptop like you all have laptops like mm -hmm. some kids don't have books in their class and that's like sort of an interesting thing is you get to sort of uh talk to them about the world i did a like a skype chat with a class like my class skyped with a class in pennsylvania mm -hmm. and they were like so fascinated because one kid was like, what time is it there? And they were like, oh, like we're almost out of school. And they were like, what? It's a different time there? <laughs> like they were just Aww. like little things like that. And they were so, so fascinated fun. by it. And uh, you know, they, they told the kids, they're like, yeah, a few weeks ago, we got class canceled because it snowed. And like the kids here were like, what? <laughs> That's not fair. It snowed and you just played all day. That was what happened. And so like that they, you can sort of bring in more of the world than mm -hmm. what they see in Irvine in their classroom that's like sort of difficult and then that that makes it and then ideally you're making it not like you just have to learn math because of accounting right like you have to learn math because you have to that's how you have to think everyone has to think like that like right. that just is sort of how it is or we learn history because we don't want to do the same things. If we see someone do something and we don't want to do that, like we better know about that. Right. And so we don't make the same mistakes. It's just stuff like that. But yeah, it's a weird profession. Teaching's the weirdest. <laughs> also, but you love it. Also, I do love it. Um, also, sometimes you just like get to go out and like play handball with children. Yeah. Which is like, what's better than that? True. Unless just, it's really hot outside. Unless it's hot outside. Also, we have like eight foot tall hoops. So I can like go like dunk basketball. So you're a superstar. And they think you are just LeBron James running around. Awesome. And I make sure that they think that forever. Good. Do you have any more questions for me? Oh, Those always. were good we go questions. On, we could go on forever. Yeah, that's true. I have things to do. Um, we'll, we'll have to have another one. We'll okay. do another one and yeah. I will try to record the whole thing. Yeah, well, and I'll try and get Chris here. He had something better to do today. That would be a good one, yeah. too. I'd love to hear you guys together. Oh, man, I could ask you all, both some in interesting questions. <laughs> That'd be fascinating. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, this thank you. really good. Okay.